Welcome all to Kingdom Life Church VA Podcast. At KO, we endeavor to advance God's kingdom one life at a time. So, I pray that wherever you're listening from, that this will help you be encouraged. Here is this week's message. Hey man, praise God. I'm excited. I'm telling you, I'm excited. Amen. Thank you, praise team, for leading us into that praise and worship this morning. Amen. Amen. The atmosphere is set. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just going to dive right on in. So much is happening. So much is happening in our society. Amen. In this season and at this time. And God is calling us to be ready. God is calling us to be ready. Not get ready. Not get ready. Be ready. Amen. We should already be ready. We must be prepared in advance for everything the adversary may throw at us in this hour. You and I, we must be ready. This is not a time to get ready. And I'm not saying you can't get ready, but this is a time to be ready. Amen. We don't want to have to go get ready when it's time to pray, when it's time to fast, when it's time to know what to say out of our mouth. It's too late to get ready. We should be ready, meaning we should already know what we need to say. We should already have a response for every circumstance, every situation that you and I may come up against or anything that we may face in this earth. This is not the time to be iffy about your relationship with God. Hallelujah. This is not the time. Glory to God to be iffy about your relationship to God. Too much is at stake. Amen. Too much is at stake to be wavering between two opinions. Too much is at stake to be wavering between two opinions. Look, Elijah, he uttered these very words. Elijah did. He uttered these very words in first Kings chapter 18 before the prophets of Baal and those who were watching. If God be God, he said, serve him. And if Baal be God, serve him. He, so he says, stop wavering, stop swaying. You know, Hebrews 10 and 23 tells us to let us hold fast to our confession or our profession without wavering. For he who is faithful is promised or he that is faithful is the one that promised. He is faithful who promised. Let me say it that way. He is faithful, the one who promised us. So this is not a time to waver. This is not a time to be swayed. This is not the time, amen, to be waving between two opinions and not knowing what you should do. Glory to God. If life without God is more important, then you do what you believe is best. If life without God is more important, then you can choose whatever decision you make is your choice. You do what you believe is best. But I'm going to make a promise to you today on April the 19th. I'm going to make a promise to you. If you close your eyes without knowing Jesus, amen, there's no other way that you can be saved. There's no other way that you can be saved. There's no other way, amen, to come into the kingdom of God or to experience the heaven that many of us talk about if you don't receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Elijah was a man. He was greatly feared by all who knew him. I believe today that many of us has lost the fear of God in this society. Proverbs uh, Proverbs 1 and 7 uh, tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And many of us and many people in society of day have lost the fear of the Lord. But Elijah, he was a man who was greatly feared by all who knew him. This guy called fire from, from heaven. He called fire down from heaven. Amen. He raised the dead. Glory to God. 
He sustained a widow even during a famine. Amen. This is Elijah. Amen. The Tishbite is what the Bible calls him. Amen. You know, he was a man of God. He did over 16 miracles. He did about 16 miracles in his time. People were terrified of the anointing that was on his life. And I want to ask you today, believer. Amen. Are we presenting God in a way that people are not afraid, but they're afraid to talk about you? They're afraid to put their mouth on the anointing. They're afraid, amen, to mention the man of God or the woman of God in a negative light. This is the type of anointing and this is the type of aura that Elijah carried that when men approached him, I mean, they, 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 they came to him in a way with deep respect and deep awe because they knew that he was not to be played with. I mean, one time Elijah, one of the people said, Eli, call Elijah a man of God. He said, if I be a man of God, I'm going to call fire from, from heaven to consume all 50 of y'all. Right. And he did that about three or four times until the last group of captains, you know, finally wise up and say, hold on. Let me let me approach this brother a little different. I might be coming at him the wrong way. Amen. So I'm telling you, is there's a time for us to be ready? Where is the God of Elijah? In the earth today, where is the man of God, the woman of God, amen, that are walking in such boldness and such courage, amen, as the as the prophets of old, as the men and women of God of old. Where is the God of Elijah? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Many today have prostituted the anointing of God, anointing of God and watered down the word of God, have watered down the Bible. I'm not talking about chopping it up, amen, with a, with a, with a knife and a fork so that you can and spoon feeding people, amen. But no, just, just straight up watered it down where it has no effect, where it has no power, where people are not being changed and transformed, amen. We got a lot of people just sitting up in church and they're punching a clock and they're punching in, they're going back home and they're just living the same old life except for I went to church today, amen. I checked, I went to church today. The Bible is calling us, each of us, to be ready, to be ready. John 6, 63 says, the word I speak are spirit and life. The words I speak are spirit and life. This is not just information I'll be sharing with you this morning, but revelation from God. This is revelation from God. He has called us to be ready in season and out of season. While the time is favorable or not, he has called all of us who are pastors, who are of the fivefold ministry. He's called us to equip, to change, to transform, to train up, amen, to rebuke, to correct, to encourage. All of that in season and out of season. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. We must be ready. Let's go into the word of God this morning. Matthew chapter five, verse 16. All right, let's get ready. Let's get ready. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16. It says, uh, yes, be ready. That's right. That's right. Let your light so shine. I love this script. This is one of my favorite verses. I got a lot of favorite scriptures in the Bible. But this one here is one of my favorites as well. Let your light so shine. I mean, let it shine in a way. Amen. Before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. People are going to give glory to God because of your relationship with him. 
People are going to give glory to God because of your relationship to him. So this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. So we're going to let our light so shine in a way that the father will be glorified. And then people will take notice and then they'll begin to praise God. They'll begin to glorify the father because of your relationship with God. We don't need to see anything. They do. The Bible says so that they can see. Because we already know, we already have experienced the Lord. It's not for us to see, it's for them to see and for them to understand. You are the salt of the earth, man of God, woman of God. You are the salt of the earth. And the Bible says, don't lose your saltiness. Don't, use, don't lose your flavoring. Don't, don't lose your saltiness. Because then we will be good for nothing if we lose our saltiness. You are the salt of the earth. Glory to God. Stay salty. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Stay salty. Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight. Uh, I mean, yeah. Romans chapter eight, verse 28. This is the amplified version. It says, and we know and we know with great confidence. Hallelujah. Hebrews 10 and 35 tells us not to cast away our confidence for it has a great reward. Don't cast away your confidence, man of God. He says, and we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things, not some things, not a few things, all things, everything. There's nothing missing out of all, all things to work together as a plan for good, for good for those who love God. Do you love God? Hey, I love God. But do you love God? I know I love God. Amen. For those that love God, love God and to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. You are called. Who me? Yes, you, you, you and you, you, you and you and you and you, all of you, all of you who are viewing right now, all of you who are listening right now, each of you have been called all who call themselves believers have been infected infected by Jesus our Lord and Savior I want to ask you a question this morning I want to ask you a question since you've been infected is it spreading everywhere is the thing that that you've been infected with is it spreading is it spreading <laughs> You know, in, the, in this time that we're living in and in this coronavirus and, you know, we're all trying to get away from it because we don't want to catch it. But all but everybody who's been infected with Jesus, amen, should be spreading it, spreading this virus. Glory to God. It's not a virus, not nothing bad. Spreading this Jesus, spreading the goodness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to everybody that we meet who has been affected by you. Who has caught the virus from you, the virus of Jesus? Who caught salvation, uh, salvation because of your walk with God? Who has caught it? How many? Amen. Are the numbers going up? Are the numbers going up? Are they, are they still low? Are the numbers going up? Amen. We can watch the numbers go up on this virus. We need to start watching the numbers go up on those who receive Jesus as Lord and Savior on a daily basis because you and I have been infected with something. Something greater than us. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. You've been infected. And so it's your responsibility now to begin to spread that. Spread that word. Spread that love. Spread forgiveness. Glory to God. Spread prayer and, and fasting and spread everything that God has showed you to spread with other people. 
Hallelujah. Do you have a real relationship with God? Do you have a real relationship with God? Do you get real time results? Do you get real time results? Hallelujah. Are you receiving regular downloads from heaven on high? Hallelujah. God is downloading all the time. Are you receiving upgrades and, and downloads in your spirit? Amen. On a daily basis. The sons of Issachar, there were 200 men who knew what Israel ought to do. These men were ready. They didn't have to get ready. They were ready. They knew what Israel ought to do. They knew what time it was. They knew what season they were in. Do you know what to do is my question. Do you know what to do? Are you discerning of the times that we're living in? Amen. Or are you taking this for a joke? Are you sitting back still doing the same things you were doing before all this pandemic and everything has happened? Are you just going along as business as usual, not realizing that that an evil day is approaching? An evil day is approaching and each of us must be prepared for what God has already allowed and for things, amen, that are happening in our life even at this time. You and I, we must be ready. Too late to get ready. I told you on, I guess it was last week, maybe when there were two ladies out there or two men, amen, out there, they was plowing and doing different things. And the Bible said one would be taken and one was left. Well, why, why did they leave the other person? They weren't ready. They weren't ready. That's why they got left because they wasn't ready. We have to be ready. Not get ready. Be ready. Glory to God. So many believers and especially non-believers are not aware of the times that we're living in. They are not aware. They're not aware. You know, you know, I'll be starting a brand new series on next week called The Posture of Prayer. The Posture of Prayer. And, um, you know, my, my question to believers and, you know, can you get a prayer through? You know, people were asking for prayer even on this, on this feed early on, on this Facebook Live. And people asked, can you get a prayer through? So many people always putting up prayer signs and everybody saying that I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray until you call the prayer meeting. Until you call the prayer meeting, then, it's, then, then you don't have as many people who say they're going to pray, amen, earlier in the room. Why? Why is that? Because it just sounds good and it sounds courteous and to be respectful. I'll pray for you, but do we really pray? Do we really pray? So I'll be sharing that brand new series starting next week. Just want to put a plug in for that. Amen. The posture of prayer. Amen. Who are you praying to? Hmm. Let's, let's get that straight. All right. James chapter five, verse 14 through 16. James chapter five, verse 14 through 16. New King James Version says this. Is any, is any among you sick? Anybody around you sick? Let them call for the elders of the church. Remember that? Remember that scripture, everybody? Remember that, believers? Remember that scripture in the book of James? You understand? The half-brother of Jesus. Amen. Remember this? Is anyone among you sick? Let them call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith, the prayer of faith, meaning the prayer of faith, meaning that you, because of your belief. Amen. Because faith is not seen. Faith is not seen. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So prayer, when you pray and when you pray, have the prayer of faith, it's not seen. So, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. If you're sick out there right now, amen, many prayers are going forth for you right now. Glory to God. We're praying over you that you will be healed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. The prayer of faith can save the sick. 
and the Lord will raise him up. And listen to this. And if he has committed any sins, if you are a straight sinner, glory to God, if you sin every day, all the time, amen, you can still be healed, amen, from a prayer of faith. You don't got to go get it right first and then come back and be prayed for. The Bible says even if you've committed sins, amen, the prayer of faith can save you and you will be forgiven, forgiven even of your sins. Verse 16 says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. What you make happen for others, God will surely make it happen for you. If you're praying for others, amen, you don't have to be concerned about praying for yourself because while you're praying for others, the Bible says your healing is coming back around and it's going to jump on you. While you're praying for others to be healed, amen, you can already know and have an expectancy that, that your healing, amen, is now. Glory to God because of what you're doing. Then it says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Glory to God. These are serious times, saints. That's why I came with this be ready message. This be ready message was birthed out of this pandemic. God brought forth this message for such a time as this. This is the message that we need right now is to be ready. This is not a time to sit back. This is not a time to be comfortable. This is not that time. This is a time to be ready. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. I'm excited this morning. I hope you are as well. I am excited, flat out excited this morning. Amen. Amen. Let's go further. Let's look at Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, and, uh, you know, this, this is the story of the ten virgins. You know, and I thought I was going to be talking about these ten virgins way in part one. But, hey, here we are, part four. Hey, man, here we go. Hey, man, let's go. Let's go ahead and talk about these virgins. Hey, man, virgins or bridesmaids, hey, man, depending on what version you're going you're gonna to be looking at. But we're looking at the New King James Version this morning, Matthew chapter 25. And uh, verse, one, verse one says this. It says, then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins. You know, let me say this about virgins, too, while I'm here. It's OK to be a virgin. You know, to be a virgin is not a bad word. There's nothing wrong with being a virgin. I don't see enough virgins out there saying I'm a virgin. I just don't see it enough. I mean, it's like they're ashamed of something. You understand? It's OK to be a virgin. Be bold in your virginity. Amen. You stand up and say, I'm a virgin. Glory to God. Come on. Do I got any virgins out there today? I got any virgins out there today not afraid or ashamed to say I'm a virgin? Amen. Are you ashamed? Are you afraid? Amen. Hey, everybody better be saying I'm a virgin. You, <laughs> I'm a virgin. I'm a virgin. I'm a virgin. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But it says then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Hallelujah. In their, in their custom, in their custom, um, when, 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 when they were preparing for a wedding, uh, the groomsmen would, would the, the, the groom would actually try to sneak up on the wedding party. So it was like a game they played. And where so so and that's why the Bible is saying they, they should be ready because the groom, he's going to show up at a time that they don't know about. He's going to show up at a time where they're not expecting him to show up. It sounds like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the groom. We're the bride. And so they play these games where, where the groomsmen or where the groom, amen, will actually will, will pop up on them. He will surprise them. And so that's why that's what this scripture is talking about. So these 10 virgins who took their lamps, they say they went out to meet the bridegroom. 
Verse two says, now five of them were wise and five were foolish. We already know we great to talk about some. Just because they said that, we all, you already know what's going to happen. We know we're ready to make some comments now. So here we have two different groups of Christians, two different, different groups of Christians, two different groups of bride, bridesmaids and virgins. Amen. Five of them were foolish. Five of them were wise. Listen, all of them probably looked alike outwardly. They probably had the same gowns on. Amen. They had nice little earrings and they would face all made up. They had the nails painted, the toes and all that. You know what I'm saying? They was going to the wedding. They had the tight gown on. You know they look nice. Come on now. Come on now. Come on. Agree with me. Co-sign some of this stuff. Look, you know they look good. Amen. They were going to a wedding. They were bridesmaids. Amen. All of them probably look the same outwardly. Outwardly, everybody looks the same. Everybody looks the same when you're at church outwardly. Everybody lifting up holy hands, clapping glory to God, hallelujah, and all that. You know what I'm saying? Dancing and doing your steps and, and hallelujah and, and all that. You know what I'm saying? All that kind of stuff. Everybody looks the same. Outwardly, everyone looks the same. Singing praises to the Lord and, and lifting up holy hands and clapping and giving glory to God. Everyone who comes to church identify themselves as followers of Jesus. Everybody who comes to church, there's not one person that I believe that comes to church who don't have an expectancy that they will be in the arms of Jesus when they close their eyes. Everybody identifies themselves as followers of Christ on their way to heaven. But like the foolish, unprepared versions, many are not ready to meet their maker. Come on, somebody. Come on. I just want to sumber you up right now. I want to sumber you up right now. Everybody is not prepared to meet the maker. Everybody is not prepared to meet the groom. Everybody is not prepared. We cannot play in this season. Playtime is over. Playtime is over. It really is. Playtime is over. Verse three says this. Let's keep going. Verse three says those who were foolish, those who were foolish, took their lamps and took no oil with them. They took no oil with them. They had an outward shell, an outward shell. They, they had the look of of the right goods. They, they looked like they had it together. They looked like they had the container, a man that was supply what they needed. They, they, they looked the part but no oil. It was no anointing on them. No anointing, no oil. What good are lamps with no oil? What good are Christians with no oil? What good are Christians with no witness? What good are Christians who are not going after the Lord, going after Jesus? What good are Christians just coming to church, going back home, coming to Bible study, going back home, putting up praying hands, telling people we're going to pray for them. What good is having a lamp with no oil in it? What good are Christians who say they are but have no fruit? We should be bearing fruit as believers. Can't be a Christian forever and ever and ever and not display the fruit of a Christian. And Christian simply means Christ-like. 
It means Christ-like. Our assignment is to preach the gospel to the saved and unsaved. Listen, the word will locate you and then you must decide in your heart if Jesus truly is your Lord and Savior. I told you this is not a time to play. Man going to look at the outward appearance. All these bridesmaids and virgins looking good. All them got on the same thing. Everybody looking good. Christians, we're coming to church and everybody looking good. Everybody looking like they're saved. Everybody looking like they love the Lord. Everybody looking like they're on their way to heaven. But as this, 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 um, this passage is sharing with us, even though everybody looked alike, everybody dressed alike, five of them were wise and five was foolish. Five were prepared and five was not prepared. Five of them were ready and the other five had to get ready. No, I'm saying be ready. Be ready, man of God. Be ready, woman of God. You got to be ready. Be ready, those of you who don't know the Lord. I'm talking to you, Instagram. Talking to you, Facebook, podcast, radio listeners. Come on. We got to be ready. It's too late for them to get ready. They had to be ready. Glory to God. Verse 4, verse 4. Verse 4 says, but the wise, they took oil in their vessels with their lamps. The wise, they were using wisdom. The wise kept their oil. They kept their anointing. They kept themselves. The wise had a standard as believers. They kept their standards high. They kept the oil on their life. They wasn't going to give up their oil. They wasn't going to give up their anointing for any old thing. They kept the oil flowing through their life. They knew that it was important that they had their oil and that their oil was with them at all times. Because any joker that come up is trying to take your oil from you. Folk that come, they want your anointing. They'll strip the anointing right off your back if you let them. Hold on to your oil. Hold on to the anointing that God put on your life. Verse 4 again, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. They were prepared in advance. They were alert. They were ready. They were ready to hear what thus saith the Lord. Verse 5 says, but while the bridegroom delayed, while the bridegroom delayed, they all slumbered and slept. How can you rest in an unprepared state? How, how can you sleep in a time and you know you're not ready? How can you be so slumbered and, and you understand? How can you be so complacent, amen, at this time and you know you're not ready? How can you just lay down and go to sleep and know you don't got no oil in your lamp? You're not ready to meet your maker, but yet you're laying your head down on a pillow every single night and you're not ready. You know your heart ain't right. You know you're still holding unforgiveness. You know, amen, that you're still out of the will of God. But yet, you're resting. You're resting. You're laying down as if you ain't got nothing else to do. I'm good. Me and the Lord, we good. We're tight. <sighs> the foolish had no oil. They wasn't ready. Woe to them, the Bible says, who are at ease in Zion. Woe to them who are at ease in Zion. 
Verse 6 says, And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Notice in, <laughs> notice in the Bible, amen, the bridegroom was the one that's important. You know, in reality, the bride is coming. But in the Bible, the bridegroom is coming. Because he is the groom that's coming back for a bride. And instead of us looking like we're ready and being prepared, look, he's coming to get us. He's coming for us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse six again. Okay. And at midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins, the ones I talked about earlier, those virgins, they arose and trimmed their lamps. That's going to get a little country on that one. They, they trimmed their lamps. You know, and look, in verse eight says, and the foolish and the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. Ooh. The foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but rather to those, but rather go or go rather to those who sell and buy for yourself. Look, you can't get my oil. You can't get my oil. I don't have oil to give to you. You have to go through the process to get your own oil. You have to go through a process to be ready so that your oil can come forth. You can't, my oil is not going to do you any good. That's why they ain't, I ain't getting you my oil. Well, you're not getting my, my oil don't even work in your lamp. Amen. You got to carry your own oil. You got to bring your own oil with your lamp. Glory to God. It's only produced through you. Through you. My oil and my anointing is for me. And it must be obtained through my personal relationship with the Lord. Right. You cannot fake it to get it. All right. All right. If you're not a true Christian, you're not going to have the real oil. You got to be real to get the oil of God on your life. You got to be real to get the anointing of God on your life. You can't purchase it. Ain't no bartering for it. You got to spend time with the father to get the oil. Ooh, gee, that's what I love about it. Can't nobody take your oil when you when you strive for it, when you've struggled for it, when you've pressed through it. Amen. 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 When you've prayed and fasted and sought the Lord and been through the trials and the tribulations of life. There's an oil that will be produced on your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You must be ready. You must be ready. Verse 10, verse 10 says, and while they went to buy, they, they went on, listen to him. While they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were, listen to this, ready. Those who were ready, were ready, not getting ready, not not ready. Those who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. The door was shut. Be watchful of those who are always late and struggle, amen, with being timely. That's, that could give you a sign that, that when the Lord is coming back and when the Lord is, is, is getting ready to gather all his children, 
because you have a because you have a habit of being late. You might be late for the coming of the Lord. The Bible says, and what I'm saying right now is that we need to be ready. Each of us. The Bible says they were ready. They were ready. And those who were ready, they went into the wedding. Amen. Went with him into the wedding and the door was shut. Listen, eventually the counterfeits will be exposed. We did the message on counterfeit kingdom last year. Eventually, as we continue walking through this life, the counterfeits will be exposed. The counterfeits will be exposed. They're going to all surface because they cannot walk around with counterfeit oil on them and still be in the presence of God and still walk like they were God. They will be exposed like these five virgins were, the ones that wasn't prepared. They looked like they had everything was going on. They was having a good time that day till they laid down, resting with no oil, sleeping with no anointing, resting and know you're not right. So again, and those who were ready, they went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Verse 11 says, Afterward, afterward, say afterward. The other virgins came also, saying, These the other virgins, the ones that wasn't wise, who went to go buy some oil and try to find some oil or borrow some oil. Amen. I don't know what they did. They went somewhere to try to get some oil from somewhere. Try to go get ready. When they should have been ready, amen, they tried to go get ready. So the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open up to us. But he answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. That, that's a sad commentary. That's a sad commentary. And it's symbolic of what's going to happen in these last days. It's symbolic of what's going to happen, amen, when, when Jesus comes back. For the second time, when the rapture comes, it's symbolic of what's going to happen. Amen. Here they are saying, Lord, Lord, listen, you close the door on us. You close the door on us. We were at the door, God. You close the door on us. Open the door. He answered and said, surely I say to you, I don't know you. Verse 13 says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the son of man is coming. That's why I'm saying be ready, saints. That's what this whole message is about, about be ready is. This is the time. Now is the time to be ready. It's too late to get ready. You must be ready. Do not be moved because the Lord is delaying his coming. Don't be moved because he's delaying his coming. Don't you be moved because you've been hearing that he's coming back all these years. He said he's coming back and all that. Don't you dare be moved by the delay. The delay cost these five foolish versions, amen, separation from the kingdom of God because they wasn't prepared. They wasn't getting their oil right, amen, while they were waiting on the Lord. They was shucking and jiving, playing around, amen, playing church, not really reading, not really being in the word, not really being what God is calling to be, playing around. And then when it's time to go, they weren't ready. See, the Lord knows you're not ready. He sees your heart. We look at the outward appearance. Man, look at the outward appearance. And just like the ten virgins, everybody looked like they're on one accord. Everybody looked like they're serving God. Everybody looked like they have a relationship with God. Everybody in church believes they're going to heaven when they close their eyes. The door was shut in their face. 
and they probably felt shame and they felt guilt because they should have been ready. They felt, they probably felt shame. I put myself in there. I was just like, wow, I'm sure they felt shame and guilt. Like, man, why, was, why wasn't I ready? I should, I should have been ready. I mean, all these messages I'm hearing, all this time I've been going to church, and all this time I'm hearing about the things of God, I, I, I thought I would have been ready. I should have been ready. And so a guilt and a shame probably came on them because they should have been ready. They should have been ready. Three things I'm going to share with you as I close out today. As we close out this part four, three things I'm going to share with you to be ready. Out of, out of Luke, uh, actually out of Luke 9.23. It's coming out of Luke 9.23, uh, New King James Version. It says, then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. This, this is not an unfamiliar scripture. We've heard this scripture many times. Amen. Some of us, some of you out there who may not have heard this scripture before, just know that this is what the Lord is requiring. He's telling us to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily and follow him. So out of this scripture, I want to talk about three things. Just share three things before we close. Three things that, that's going to ensure that you're ready. Of course, you've already named the name of the Lord because, you know, the, the scriptures in this Bible is written to believers, of course. So number one is deny yourself. Deny yourself. Deny yourself. Deny yourself means to not allow oneself to enjoy things or to have the things that it wants. That's what it means to deny yourself. So it's time, to, it's time to say no to you and yes to God. No to you and yes to God. Stop trying to save your life. The Bible says if you save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for his sake, you're going to find it. So many of us are in church and we still haven't found our life yet. Because we're still trying to save our old life. Let your life go. Let your old life go. Your old life is in direct opposition to the new life that he has for you. Glory to God. The secret to your success is hidden in your, your daily routine. Let go of your old life. Let go of the things that is stopping you from moving forward in the things of God. It's time to live for him now. This is how you're going to be ready. It's time to live for him right now. My life, your life, it's not about me. It's not about you. Number two, take up your cross daily. Not just take up your cross, take it up daily. Take up your cross daily, meaning endure whatever trials, whatever tribulations, whatever circumstances, whatever issues, whatever things that you have to go through, amen, to hold on to that cross. Keep moving. Regardless of what's going on in your life, regardless of what situations coming up, amen, things you don't know about and unforeseen things, listen, you, keep, you hold on to your cross and you keep moving. You hold on to, the, to your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and you keep moving. You don't go back. Amen. You don't turn to the left or the right. You keep moving. You right in the face of it, right in the midst of it, with it all going on, with all hell breaking loose. You keep carrying your cross. You pick that cross up and you carry it every day. Every single day, you're going to carry your cross. Every day, you're going to carry your cross. I have to carry it for myself. Nobody can carry your cross for you. You got to do it. Paul said it. Paul said, I die daily. I die daily. Each of us must die daily. 
Bible says, what profit a man if he would gain the whole world but lose his soul? What am I doing daily? Am I reading? Am I praying? Am I spending time with the Father? What am I doing daily? I'm not talking about out of religion. I'm not talking about doing things religiously. I'm talking about a relationship with God. Remember, these bridesmaids, he said he didn't know them. Five people at your wedding, that, that's, on, that's bridegrooms, you don't even know them. They don't go to church with you. They all ain't go to school together. The Lord said he didn't know them. Like, like how did y'all even get here? And how y'all getting those dresses? How you looking like you a Christian, looking like you saved and you're not really saved? That's what he's saying. He's saying you, you're not even in the kingdom of God. You haven't even given your life to me yet. How dare you try to come? You can't come to the Father except you first give your life to me. And they were trying to come, and he shut the door and said, no, uh-uh, you can't come. You're not authorized to come. Many believers are not authorized to go into the presence of God. Because we don't know the Lord. Wow. Number three, follow him. Follow him. We must prepare our hearts to follow him wholeheartedly. Following him may be easy when all is well. Everything going good? Shoot, I'm with the Lord. It's me and the Lord. Amen. Following him is a little easier when things are going well, but it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. We, you, and I must follow him wholeheartedly at all costs. Follow him. Even when things are easy, even when things are hard. So what happened when things happen that are out of your control. What happened now that the coronavirus is here? Man, I see so many believers, amen, that, that, that's just wavering. So many believers tossed to and fro and cared about by every wind of doctrine. So many believers caught up, caught up in society and things that are happening in the earth today. So many believers, amen, who looked like they were Christians, looked like they were men and women of God, but now because of this pandemic, they're all being exposed now. Is all, they're all rising to the top now. I want to show you this morning, man of God, woman of God, those who may not know Jesus, this is not the time to make excuses. This is the time to be ready. Our commitment is revealed during a crisis. Our commitment is revealed. Our heart is revealed during tough times. Our heart and things come to the surface during the tough times. Many make excuses why they can't let things go, why they can't let their old life go to follow him. Jesus said, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. My question as I close out right now. How many fish have you caught since you've been saved? He said, if you follow me, I'm going to make you fisher of men. How many men have you caught since you've been saved? How many souls have you led to Jesus since you've been saved, since you are now following him, you are the one, the fisher of men now, because, the, the, listen, because you're following him, he's saying he's going to make you a fisher of men. How many of you are fishing? How many men have you caught? How many fish have you caught? How many souls have you caught since you've been saved? How many people have you led to the Lord since you've been saved? You're following Jesus. And if you're following him, he's making you because whoever you're following is making you. Ah, Jesus. If 
the Holy Spirit has convicted or inspired you to join or reach out to us through today's message, then email us at kingdomlifechurchva at gmail.com. If you would like to give towards this ministry or find out more, check out our website, which is kingdomlifeva.com, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at kingdomlifeva. Thank you for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you can hear more messages like this.